Guys, here's the deal. It has been one of those very spirit-filled, very um, wonderful weeks. Uh, man, it has just been off the chain. I mean, I, and I don't think it was ever even on the chain, but it's but it has been just one of those weeks where you go, man, the spirit is moving, and we are experiencing firsthand. Mama Roni, congratulations. All right, all right. We're experiencing firsthand this whole idea of what we talked about last week, where Jesus steps out on the Sermon on the Mount, and he says lots of things, things like, you've heard it, you've heard it said that uh, do not commit adultery, you've heard it said don't, do not murder, but I tell you, if you do those things in your heart, you are, you are committing the sin in and of itself. He did away with a lot of, like, in one fell sloop in his, what's up? Well, come on, give my hand again, man. Woo! That's just, that's just fantastic. In, in, in one fell swoop, thank you, Adam, very much, man. In one fell swoop, he comes and essentially does away with legalism, does away with those kinds of things like, like you have to do this and this and this and this and this and this to be, to be holy, right? And he came in, in, in a time where the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the teachers of the law uh, had essentially added 10,000 rules and regulations to the 600 commands of the Bible, then known as the, the you know, it was the Word at that time. And uh, we now have the New Testament. Uh, that was the Old Testament that Jesus was talking about. But, but this is, they, they added all these things that you have to do. And it is a real simple thing to follow the Lord. Man, it is a matter of the heart, like we talked last week, like loving God with everything you have and loving your neighbor as yourself. If you do those things, you're in the will of God. And it's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's incredible. And so when Jesus steps out and says these radical things, he did one thing. He said he taught people how to pray, a model prayer that I told you last week I used to repeat as the uh, third string all-star offensive guard for the Dalton Junior High Cougars, right? And I was going to be a superstar. And we would do that. We would, say, we would pray the, the model prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your king, all that kind of stuff, right? And, and we would do the, do, say that. And I had no idea because I didn't grow up in the church, didn't know anything about that, didn't know anything what it meant or anything. I just was, I, I memorized the prayer because I didn't want to look stupid in front of my friends, right? And so he comes and he says, this then is how you should pray. And he talks from Matthew 6, said, this then is how you should pray. Not, hey, pray these words. This is the model. This is the framework. This is that, that kind of thing. This is how you should pray. He says, our Father, right? This is not something where you pray to the Father. It's just me and you, God. How many people say, oh, I don't need the church. You know, me and Jesus is tight. And he said, hey, this is how the model works. It is a collective. It is a body. You say, our Father, right? In heaven, hallowed be your name, your, say that with me, kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And we know that verse, we know that scripture, we know that. And he goes on to say, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive 
you. But, everybody say but. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Man, this is powerful powerful stuff he's saying like he's laying it down for us right he's saying hey i'm going to tell you what to do this is a matter of the heart if you forgive people in your heart your your heavenly father can forgive you if you don't he won't it's it's real simple like a lot of people i wish you understood what the bible said man it's real plain in a lot of ways i mean i mean there's some stuff i'm still trying to figure out too don't get me wrong i don't know everything about the bible as a matter of fact a lot of you guys can can pinpoint up like exactly where stuff is in the bible a lot of like a lot of times i'm just like thanking god for google right I mean, tgfg i say man whew. and i know it says in this okay there it is all right and some of you guys can do that not that's wonderful it's awesome but here's here's the deal like if we don't actually understand that these things are a matter of the heart we're going to be lost because it's not a matter of do's and don'ts and 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 wills and won'ts it's a matter of do i have a heart that loves god with everything i have and a heart that loves my neighbor as myself and if i do i'm in the will of god it's really that simple but we want to kind of complicate things see being baptized as as chris and jordan were baptized this morning is a simple act and yet some people are like okay what do i gotta do to get that like seriously man the water's warm if god's calling you to be baptized man do it do not delay i don't know if i introduced myself by the way my name is casey i apologize people are like who's that guy because there are a lot of new faces in the room i apologize if i haven't met you i will but the bottom line is man it has been a holy spirit filled week when i met with jordan and, and chris i had no idea that the rest of this week was going to be as spiritually filled as it was. Friday morning, I woke up, and I didn't tell this story in the first service, but I was allowed to because it became public in the first service this morning. And the first service was packed just like this, which is awesome. I love it. But, but it's never just about filling a room. It's about filling the room with the Spirit. And, and so when I was Friday morning, I, you know, my schedule is, is a little less crazy than it used to be, but it's still pretty crazy. And so Friday morning, I had some like, major plans to, to do some things that I needed to do. And, and there, was a, there was a family that just immediately came to mind. As soon as I woke, my eyes woke up, he said, call this family. And they used to go to church here, and they haven't been here in about six months. And I'm not one of those guys, like, where you been, right? It's not like that. We want people to to invite people. We want people to desire to be here. We want people to, to come, not out of guilt or shame or anything like that. You should be in church, right? But we want to, and so, so in that, though, I had, I had like, I, I thought maybe God was telling me to go reconcile that I did something to offend or something. You know, I didn't know. And I, and I woke up and I said, okay, God, I'll reach out to him. So I get on Facebook. We're not even Facebook friends anymore. I'm like, all right, uh, well, cool. Um, so I messaged him. And I said, hey, guys, just want to let you know I am, I am thinking about you. You're, for some reason, God has put you on my heart and my mind today. And I wanted to just check and see. Hey, I hope your kids are doing okay, that kind of thing. Got a message back a couple hours later. Wow. My daughter's in the hospital. She had to go to the emergency room last night. Okay. So yesterday morning, I mean, God's just got them heavy on my heart. I go and see them. No, and I, I'm not a big hospital visit guy. I mean, I'm, it's not that I won't. It's just for, for some reason God's saying, go. You need to reach out to these folks. And sat down with them, and their daughter Thursday night 
had tried to commit suicide. And I look at her and I said, listen, for some reason, God has a tremendous plan for you because I'm not that sensitive to stuff. I'm not that like, I, like, I don't go, oh, God told me to go uh, and write this word on a wall, and I did. And I'm not like that. I, like, it doesn't happen for me very often. A lot of you are like, hey, you must hear from God a lot. I mean, I do, but it's more of a guiding type of thing. It's more of a, but there are very rare instances where God says, reach out to these people now. And it wasn't audible. It was just I had to. If I didn't, I was going to die, right? It's one of those deals. And so I talked to her. I said, for some reason, God felt so strongly about you that he asked me to come visit you and tell you how much he wants you in his kingdom. He doesn't need anything. He wants you in his kingdom. And so this whole idea, what Jesus said, for your kingdom to come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. And so throughout this week, man, it's been one of those things. Oh, oh, the rest of the story, they come to church this morning. The young girl gets baptized. In the first service, man. Some of you were here, you saw that. Dude, seriously. Yeah, man. It is awesome what God has done. Like for, for Chris and Jordan's eyes to be widened, it's like I didn't do anything, man. All we do is we follow as the Spirit leads and let Him do the work in people's lives. And let Him open their minds. Let Him open their hearts. Let Him open their eyes. Let Him open their ears, right? We can't do that. So many times we say, oh, I wish I had just said the right words or done the right thing or if I'd have just said that. Or Man, the pressure's not on you to save souls. The pressure is already on the Holy Spirit to do his thing. We just step into his presence, amen? That's it. That's it, real simple. And here's the thing. See, I'm, I'm wired as an evangelist. I love it when people come to know Jesus, man. If you don't know, our, our church is full of different giftings and different leanings. Uh, Ephesians 4 talks about God has given some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists. Like we bring people into the kingdom, right? Some to be shepherds, we walk with them. Some to be teachers, like we can teach people. That kind of, like I love those different giftings and that kind of thing. And if we're too like, if we're too emphasized on one or the other, we can become off balance because it is for the glory and the building up of, of God's church. Man, and, I, and here's the thing. Like, I, I met with somebody else this week that said, all I want to do is introduce people to Jesus. That's all I want to do. Man, that sounds awesome and it sounds wonderful, but there's more. And as I'm getting this message together this week, I'm like, God, are you kidding me? You want me to say this? This this goes against a whole bunch of stuff that that I think a lot of people, like I might get emails about this guy. He's like, dude, shut up and preach it. Right? I say that all the time. Shut up and preach, bro. Verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And he says things like, start speaking about more in, into forgiveness, and so he says things like, when you fast, and talk about all the keeping your treasures in heaven. We talked about it last week. And in verse 28, he says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? 
Casey Carter. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but, everybody say but, but seek, say that with me, first, you saw it on the sign, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek it first, right? Like my eyes woke up Friday morning, and I I got a garage to clean out, you know? I guess my job today, it's my honeydew today. Judy's going to be upset with me if I don't get this done, right? By the way, Judy's, uh, Judy's birthday's next week. She now becomes the cougar for the next two months, so that's just side note. So if you hear me refer to her as a cougar till March 30th, my birthday, right? It's all good. Back to the message, right? <laughs> Sorry. I love our church, boy. Judy's going to kill me. Uh, I need y'all's protection. <laughs> Please stay. We have a first impressions team meeting. Anybody wants to know what it means to be about first impressions? Uh, as many people that want to stay, please do. I need witnesses. Thank you. <laughs> Therefore... I love you guys. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. See, this word, and if you're into the Greek and getting deep down into stuff, you're going to kind of love this today because this is where I got rocked, right? This is where God's like, shut up and preach, bro. This is, the, this is what I need you to say. This is kingdom, or this word kingdom, when he says in 33, but seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. This word kingdom is a word in the Greek called basilia. Everybody say basilia. All right, now you're all Greek freaks. I love it. It's used in the New Testament to refer to the reign of the Messiah. Like, like we pray for that. We pray for, for the reign of God to come, right? And this is what we pray for. And I've, I've jacked it up in my mind, and I've thought wrongly in my mind for so long about what that means. Because he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, right? So righteousness is this word called dikaiasune. Everybody say dikaiasune. Ten times fast. No, I'm just kidding. Dikaiasune. You guys are getting good at Greek. In a broad sense, it's a state of him who is as he ought to be. Righteousness, the condition that is acceptable to God. So we're seeking his kingdom to come. We want his reign to be here. And we also are seeking that we are righteous in his sight. We're at peace with him. See, the, 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 the Old Testament version of this word kingdom is a, is a word called shalom. It means peace with God. It's remarkable. Like, I love this, man. And so what does it look like for kingdom to come? Because if we're supposed to pray for it, right? If we're supposed to say, okay, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does it look like? And see, this discussion about kingdom of God may may upset the apple cart a little bit. And that's where I was like, God, are you sure? Because, man, we're taught in so many. I mean, I mean, you hear these things so long. And so for me, what I always thought of was I thought of like the kingdom coming being like sprinkling of fairy dust, kind of like Tinkerbell, like bing, right? Like the magic kingdom, right? Like, like we pray for this. Like, God, you sprinkle your Holy Spirit fairy dust all over everything and make everything new and, and good and right. And so is all right, you guys are agreeing with me on that? You're like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, right? Of course it is, right? Until you start reading the Word, which is my problem, right? It's like, oh, man. 
Everything that I, and I love the word, but, but sometimes it even, even, even though you read it every day for doing it for years and that kind of thing, man, it still like rocks your world. You go, dang, God, I'd never saw that before. For some of us, we get this vision of, of, of God, you do that, right? You sprinkle it down. But look at Mark 1. What did Jesus say about the kingdom? Mark 1, 14 through 15 said, after, after John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. And this is John the Baptist who was the forerunner to, to Jesus. He said, the time has come. Some of you know this as Kairos language, right? This is what it says in the Greek. Kairos, right? The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. It's already here. Like, it's, hey guys, whoop, whoop. Kingdom of God is like near, dude. You are in it. Repent and believe the good news. And see, in Luke 17, he says, uh, Jesus explains this kingdom. And a little bit further away, he says, once on being asked by the Pharisees, and I was telling you about the Pharisees earlier, that when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. I thought that was weird. When I read it this week, I'm like, wait a second now. He says, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's here. Man, wow. I'm thinking, that blows my mind. Like, we pray, yes, your kingdom to come, but what does that mean? And see, the kingdom is not something, it is someone. And that, one, that someone is Jesus. It is Jesus' salvation that only he can bring. Guys, this blew my mind this week. And I know that it should be obvious to some people, man. Like, I, well, yeah, duh, Casey, if you didn't know that. Like, no. Like, I, I knew it kind of, like, intellectually, if you will, but it really something popped in my heart this week. Like, like, it is, especially with what's been going on this week, with meeting with people and God prompting me to get, reach out to people. I'm like, man, dude, this is, this is ridiculous. It's not something, it is someone. Casey Carter's definition of the kingdom, and I, if you like it, I'll try to copyright this. It says it's a group of people who have accepted the free yet costly gift of salvation. And I love that. And evangelists love that. I met with a woman this week that was called to ministry here at Edgerton. Love her a bunch, man. She, I think it's somebody that we can link arms with and help. That's awesome. It's fantastic. But one of the things she said, and I'm not trying to be critical, but because this is a very common thing for a lot of people. She said, all I want to do is introduce people to Jesus. That's all I want to do. Here's the problem. Here's the rub. If I'm walking with Jesus, which we're supposed to be all the time, I see my buddy Ray Ray. I don't have a buddy Ray Ray, but in case I had a buddy Ray Ray. Ray Ray comes up. What's up, Ray Ray? How you doing, man? Here's Jesus. See ya. Jesus would be like, whoa, whoa, where are you going, bro? You're with me in this, right? You're going to walk with us. Right? That's how it works. Let me show you why. Because what Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, look at this. He said, seek first. Meaning, there's something that comes after. Never saw, never thought about that? Never saw it. Never saw it before in my whole life. Like I hear people say, seek first his kingdom, seek first his kingdom, seek first his kingdom. There's something coming after. See, this word in the, called first is protos. Everybody look at protos. Say, say protos. Like it is imperative. He said, seek first, right? 
It's, the definition of it is, is in first in time or place, any succession of things or person. And he doesn't say seek only, does he? This is going to hurt some people, man. He doesn't say seek only. Whenever you hear somebody say, and I'm sure people say it, I might have even said it, and I apologize if I, if I preached it wrongly. And I, I want anybody, you're always open to tell me if I preach something in a wrong way. But when you hear somebody say, all you got to do is seek first his kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. That's all you got to do, seek first his kingdom. He's forgetting that Jesus said seek first, not seek only. And this hurt my head, and it hurt my heart, because I was seeking First, I was seeking only when I should have been seeking first. See, because the kingdom coming means seeking first his kingdom means that there's a second. Remember when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandments are? He goes, the first is to love your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. If he'd have stopped there, right? And the second is like it. See, these things go hand in hand. When we seek first his kingdom and, and continue on, and his righteousness, right? See, the results of a kingdom are prosperity, integrity, and justice. Prosperity, like Jesus healed. He made everything new. He, he made water into wine. He was the best bartender, right? I know that sounds sacrilegious to some people. Like, oh, I'll say that to Jesus. And he did. He was the best, right? He was the best carpenter. He was the best son. He was the best neighbor. Like he grew in stature and favor of my men. He was just the, the best. And I'm telling you, that is what we are to bring when we bring kingdom. Like, like for us, we're to bring prosperity into the house. If you go to Austin's or Todd's or celebrities or any of the other restaurants around town, please tip well. All right? Some of you who have ever served, please, yes, seriously. I used to be one of those guys that probably, I'm so shocked that, that I ever came to know Jesus at all, especially the way Christians used to treat me when I waited tables in college, like snapping their fingers, leaving me little tracks instead of, hey, you don't need a tip, you need Jesus kind of stuff. Like, yeah, great, I'll show this to my landlord, right? <laughs> I mean, come on, right? And so if you don't tip and you go out, just tell them you worship Satan or something. Just please don't tell them that you love Jesus because they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I joke about that, but, but it is important for us to bring prosperity to people, to help. When we see a need, we actually do what we can to, to help them. He brought integrity. Jesus was the same guy publicly as he was privately when he's sitting with the Pharisees at the table at, for, at, at dinner time with them, and he's like saying the same thing he said publicly on the Sermon on the Mount. He wasn't this political guy going, hey, you know I had to say that publicly to get people to follow me. I mean, you know how it goes, man, there was some politics, maybe. But listen, you know, no, he was the same guy publicly as he was Privately, he brought justice. This woman who was caught into adultery and they were going to stone her, he sat next to her. She's naked, right? And, and humiliated. And he says things like, hey, whoever can cast, whoever, can, whoever has never sinned can cast the first stone. And he looks at her and he goes, look up. Do you see anybody condemning you? Because they were like, oh, crap. They all got to go, right? You see anybody condemning you? She said, no. Neither do I. Go and sin no more. He brought justice with grace and truth. Man, I love that. And I hear people say all the time, all we have to do is seek and save the lost. We pray for kingdom to come, yet we have a responsibility in the kingdom. And here's where it gets wiry. Because here's the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say, some of you Paul Harvey fans, 
Because Jesus said other things. He said, don't just seek the kingdom. Do that first. That's the primary responsibility. Bring people into the kingdom. Then, right? Then I got some instructions for you. That's why it's important for us not to take a verse in the scriptures and go, okay, this is all I need, right? Like all the scriptures have to, have to, they're all balanced out. Every verse in scripture is in context of all the rest of the scriptures. You can't take one as God's word and dismiss another and say, yeah, but I'm sure God didn't really mean that. No, this is the inspired, complete, and errant word of God. Amen. Matthew 28. You guys hear me say this all the time because the heartbeat of New City Church is to disciple people. And listen, look at the pattern. Because I'm going to go Old Testament and New Testament here, right? Look at the pattern in the New Testament. The Gospel of Matthew says, Then Jesus come, in verse 19, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Almost done, guys. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Right? Jordan? Right? Chris? This is what we do. This is the first step. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Seek his kingdom first. Bring them into his kingdom. Do not leave them there. You guys know that I love my wife a whole bunch. In fact, um, I'm, I'm praying that she loves me a whole bunch after calling her the cougar. Only for two months, though. But here's the deal. We've been married 26 years almost. And I love her more today than I've ever loved her. But here's the thing. Judy would have been very upset with me 26 years ago if I'd have said, all I'm doing is seeking a wedding day. Right? All I'm doing is seeking only a wedding. See, what we tend to do is with people, we baptize them. This is the church in general, Christians in general. We'll tend to baptize them and go, see ya. And he does say seek first, but he doesn't say seek only. See, if I only sought a wedding, if I only wasn't worried, I'm not going to worry about a marriage. We're married, right? And frankly, this is a problem in some marriages, isn't it? We get married, we have a great day, we have a honeymoon, and oh, crap, reality sets in. What are we going to do now? And so when we leave somebody dunked and leave them alone, it is just like marrying someone and leaving them on their wedding day and say, see you, we're married, bye. Doesn't make any sense, does it? Jesus said, seek first his kingdom. Then, in verse 20, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of of the age. So seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Then go teach, go show, go walk with, go back, continue doing that, right? Like you are not a disciple of Jesus Christ if you're discipling no one. Because he says, my disciples will disciple other people and teach them to obey and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you to do, and I've commanded you to go make more disciples who will teach them to obey and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Look at the Old Testament, and I'll close with this. Man, I love this. David after King David, like the most powerful man in all the land, got caught in some very horrible things. 
Some of you in here have done some horrible things. I've done horrible things. There is no freaking way that Jesus should forgive me. But because he loves us that much, he does. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, was a murderer of Christians. David in the Old Testament, King David, was a, an adulterer. He got this lady pregnant. He had her husband killed to try to cover up the whole scam. He lied. He busted out like the top ten in a matter of a couple of chapters in, man, in the Scriptures. And it's Psalm 51, after he had gotten caught and his buddy Nathan the prophet had confronted him with this sin, he said, have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you're right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. We are born into a fallen state, which is why we need a Savior. Yet, you desired faithfulness, even even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Tell me the unborn are not people. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out some of my iniquity. Most of my iniquity. All of my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit. I thought that was just New Testament stuff. What, What you mean the Holy Spirit's? But yes, the whole time. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the the joy of, of your salvation. You bring your kingdom. You bring your salvation. This is yours. Not that I restore to me my salvation. Restore to me the joy of it. Your kingdom come. I seek your kingdom first. And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Kingdom first. Save first. Restore first. Kingdom come first. Seek this first and righteousness. Then, then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Anybody else's head or heart hurt this morning? Man, it rocked my world knowing that I had been seeking only for a long time and been preaching, seek only, seek only. And Jesus didn't say that. He said, seek first, then teach. Amen? Love you guys a bunch, man. Chris and Jordan, we're not going to leave you alone. We love you enough to take you where you are.
We love our new sister in the faith this morning. She take her where she is, even though she has had probably one of the roughest weeks of her life. We love you enough to take you right where you are, but we also love you enough to not let you stay there. We're going to walk with you. We're going to show you what it means to be a follower. Amen? Father, we love you. It's been a very powerful morning. Um, it has been powerful not because of the great artists that we have leading us in music, and they are fantastic, the talent and the ability, but it is because, Lord, your Holy Spirit has been welcomed here. Your Holy Spirit has been thick here. Your Holy Spirit is just here consuming us, God. It, is, it has been amazing. Lord, we do seek first your kingdom, but we are not lazy. We are not uh, slackers in your kingdom, man. We will fight and show what it means to fight so that this kingdom, which can only be won by victory, will come. And you have promised victory, Lord. And we love you. And we thank you for leading us and showing us what it means. Thank you for Chris. Thank you for Jordan. Thank you for Brooke in the first service. Lord, you are here. And Father, I pray that if anybody else feels the calling, the prompting to take that first step of obedience, to be baptized this, mor this morning, the waters are warm. We thank you, Lord. And it is in your son's amazing and awesome and impossible name. All God's people in the house said, Amen.